0: The Origins Of is a podcast about ancient wisdom, crazy myths, everyday objects, and the overall creativity and innovation of early man. Join Jesse and Olivia as they delve into the why behind everyday origins. I'm Jesse. And I'm Olivia. And we are back today with another episode of The Origins Of.
1: Yeah, you don't know mine this time because I have This one's a, a true
0: secret. <laughs> um, I literally was like, hey, I really want to... Um, Look up the origins of puzzles. It was a, rec- a re- um, it was a, a request from my dad, and you said, "Great, cool, I'll come up with something." And then, like later on in the week, I was like, "Hey, do." did you come up? You're like, yeah, don't worry about it. (laughs) So I have no idea. So
1: I pulled on Facebook and like nobody responded (laughs) except for one person who's a friend of mine that was like crosswords. And I, I thought about doing like crosswords, like word searches, but I figured that those would go well together. Like word search, crossword, those types of mm -hmm. other types of puzzles. And I thought that crosswords didn't quite puzzle in. They didn't quite (laughs) fit fit the overall thing. So what I did, I cheated a little bit. I typed in history of puzzles and I, I like looked at, only the Google search until I saw something. And what I found was mazes, mazes, labyrinths, like tricky things that make you go through t- turns. Oh, and good. Then you're going
0: to cover some of the initial origin <gasps> that I talk about, which is just the. But like the really? puzzle, because I specifically focus on jigsaw puzzles, mm-hmm. but there is a, you know, puzzles are very old and the labyrinth puzzles was the first one, I think. So go ahead. Cool. Yeah. yeah
1: and I'm going for mm-hmm. this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought the mazes, cause like, you know, you get those old books. I was thinking of like pastimes, like you're sitting down with an activity book uh-huh. and one of the things you do. is a maze. I, I, per, I hate mazes actually. So I, I, if I come across a maze, I'm like like it stresses me out i don't like knowing i don't like not knowing where i'm going like mm-hmm. i don't like surprises we've talked about this i'm very type a um what i like are logic puzzles where it's like it, c- it counts
0: on your brain yeah to figure yeah, yeah. Out the mystery the ones yeah. i love
1: are it's like that grid where it's like um the top it's like two column or columns and rows and it's like dave angela da, 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 we're at a dinner party one person had green one person had red who and you have to like use all the clues given to you to like put the little x's in and figure it out have you ever seen those? Mm-hmm. Okay, i want to send you one because I love them. Sometimes but I, they hurt my brain. <laughs> but I love that. I love riddles and puzzling through. Um, and I'm currently playing um, Breath of the Wild right now, which is Zelda, which is a huge game. And there's one, um, there's a couple of mazes in it. And one of the mazes, I was just, I, I Googled it. I'm sorry. I, I was like, I can't, I, I hate this.
0: <laughs> I'm I not going to spend the time on it. I don't it want
1: to wander around Lost. That's not what my fun looks like. And my fiance gets on to me. He's like, you're cheating. And I'm like, No. The point of this is to have fun. And if I'm not having fun, then why did I spend m- this money? Like, I, right. I do gonna not. I'm going to play it the way I want to
0: play it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I literally
1: do not have fun in mazes. And I have done a maze. Have you ever done, like, an actual, like, a corn, corn hedge maze? I don't think one? that I
0: have. And I feel like I should. Ugh.
1: There was one at, <laughs> like, um, like, a fall. You know, it was, like, fall festivals. It's mm-hmm. like, come on out. And mm-hmm. I did one. And Adrian and I decided to race to see who could get to the end faster. Oh. Of course, he took the correct path. And then I'm, like, well Yeah, but isn't it just luck? Well. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's, like, <laughs> no mean, strategy. I mean, a maze is, like, you don't know when you go in. You don't have yeah. any more information about, like, the which way to go. The
1: only strategy is remembering the way you came and which turns so that you don't end up exiting the same uh-huh. way you came in. So that's, like, the only part of strategy that i can think of but of course he did it really really fast and it's a kid's maze so we can see clear over it like uh, it's like I only see. waist high okay so i'm like trying to wander around I'm like he like shoots through it. and then i'm like wow, well, great and then like i come into this like this kiddie tunnel and <laughs> i have to like i'm in a dress i've got to like scoot down and like get under the tunnel anyway but i did not enjoy it i do not enjoy mazes which is funny why i'm doing this one but i think i like the concept of them yeah but not necessarily um doing them
0: well take it away okay
1: Okay, so um, (laughs) do you know the difference between a maze and a labyrinth?
0: I do not. So
1: they're really, really, really similar. Um, And actually the definitions vary a lot. um, But kind of the most agreed upon one is that um, usually mazes are um, um, you go in to go out right there's like there's one point in and then you have to go oh and elaborate
0: is towards the center yeah Yeah. like harry potter okay cool so the
1: harry potter labyrinth um, and like westworld
0: maybe Mm, yeah sure i think that that's more of a labyrinth yes so interesting um, that's kind of the only or it could be a maze because maybe there it's like mm, Hmm. i don't want to spoil westworld but there's like We'll talk about it later.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of the only distinction, right, that they kind of say. But otherwise, they're used interchangeably because if Mm -hmm. you don't know that, it's not like uh, they're the same thing, basically. So we can use interchangeably, but I'll probably be using labyrinth because that sounds cooler.
0: (laughs) That Um, is really cool
1: it does so i um told jesse yesterday i was watching a lot of the oscar movies and then also researching <laughs> mazes and i was getting really emotional because they're actually really lovely she um, texted me and she was like i cry <laughs> while researching our podcast I, I was just some of those movies are sad <laughs> um so the first quote i have is um lab this is by the smithsonian um who wrote the winding history of the maze when they had an installation of a maze um Labyrinths were first designed as a spiritual journey to guide the visitor along a single path, twisting yet serene. So the whole concept of labyrinths, as we'll see in the very beginning, there's a couple of, of ways that people use them. Um, one of them is a puzzle. One of them is um, spiritual journeys. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is to symbolize growing into manhood or womanhood, but manhood.
0: Because and this is I'm maze sorry. or this is labyrinth? Both. Sorry. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: The distinction doesn't come along till a little bit later. Okay. Um. And then, oh my gosh, Jesse! Also, I've been listening to Sawbones. I think we've been saying his name wrong. It's I think they say Pliny and not Pliny.
0: It's I think that different people or? say either. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I felt dumb because my like,
0: because a lot of my um, history professors mm-hmm. would say Pliny. Oh, great, I and feel the be- justified and the, again. and the beer is often referred to as as Pliny because Pliny the Elder is a really rare beer. Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome, I feel justified again because I was mm-hmm. like, oh my god.
0: I mean, you can say Pliny if you want to, but
1: i think i, I like plenty that's, so that's what we were saying <laughs> he has a whole section on labyrinths a whole section and um, our producer johnny gifted jesse and i the complete he works did. because that last episode i complained about how the abridged version that i had literally cut out all the things that i needed for the podcast mm-hmm. it was like who picked out um so i went to my kindle and i researched labyrinth or i typed in labyrinth and it thanks there, johnny there was, thanks producer johnny um he has a whole section and I'll kind of get to his part because he's a little bit later than how old they are. So this is so fitting that I decided to go with this one because the very oldest um, labyrinth that we know of, which is, frustrating because it's not old enough to me but also it's greek mythology is the very first one do you have that did you point to well it?
0: only only br- only briefly because i did like i mine was such a brief like hey puzzles are really old and <laughs> i'm gonna talk about jigsaw puzzles so i'm so interested <laughs> that you picked this because i just had a note that they were ancient greece and egypt so awesome. go ahead
1: okay So the oldest labyrinth that we know about, um, it's kind of tricky because there's a little bit of mythology attached to it because it involves the Minotaur. Um, If you don't know what Minotaur is, it is the the, the top half is the bull-looking part and the bottom... Wait. Yeah, and the bottom half is the the person, so it's like a scary-looking thing. Um, So obviously that doesn't exist Hmm. unless we're Mm -hmm. way wrong about what myths are. (laughs) And I retain that someday we will find dragon bones and we will find that they were real. Um, So maybe we'll... Find that and find out that's real but for now we know that there was a labyrinth um but clearly there wasn't a minotaur in, in the middle of it but it is the um Cret- cretin the king minos of crete i guess c-r-e-t-e i don't know the greek way to pronounce that actually cr- maybe
0: Cretan. Cretan
1: Yeah, the the Cretan Labyrinth. So the story goes. That's the one I have. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the story is King Minos. Oh, I'm sorry. We're overlapping.
0: No, no, no. Literally, it's one. This is one paragraph. Okay, okay, okay.
1: So the King Minos, he commissions this labyrinth um, and put the Minotaur in the middle of it. Um, The labyrinth was designed to this dude named Daedalus. um, D A E D E L A S. Daedalus. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't want to get too far into the whole kind of myth because it's actually a really long one. It's like a chapter in a chapter book, kind of. But he, people would go through and um, there would be sacrifices, and um, sometimes, like, they think the king was. Um his son died in this tragic way and so to uh, as retribution he sent like twelve youths into the labyrinth to get eaten by the minotaur and they had to go through. So his labyrinth was more of a scary puzzle. This <laughs> one we'll in the middle.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: fun trivia, if you've seen Inception, um Ellen Page's character is named Ariadne. That her yeah, did you did not know that.
0: No, the, I didn't oh, know that. Oh.
1: Um so the the girl's name is Ariadne and um uh I don't even know what Leo Nicardio's name leonardo (laughs) dicaprio's name in that but i know maul is his wife because they say it like a thousand times throughout the movie but ariadne is ellen page and that is actually um a nod to the story because that's the daughter of the king that's her name
0: i love that that's great yeah it's a really
1: fun nod also that's also a great movie
0: yeah we've been talking about yeah good movies movies. lately
1: um yeah it's it's a really interesting one to watch um about like reality and and not um and it has labyrinths and mazes, and she has to mm-hmm. create them because your mind. So that's a yeah, a great example of how the mind, um, early man, um, they were a symbol already at this point in time. So what's frustrating about this to me is that this is the earliest that we have on record that a labyrinth existed. Um, and there, you
0: mean like a real, yeah, there labyrinth was a real one physically walk into. Mm-hmm. You don't mean like some no, well, a, a, a puzzle.
1: Yeah, there's ruins. They don't have. A, there's not a real one you but, can walk no, into. But, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it did exist. Yeah in the yeah like it was a physical
1: place Mm -hmm. yeah this this greek one was a real real one i don't think it had a real minotaur in it but it was a real what it could i mean i guess not (laughs) (laughs) um so what's interesting about that is that's the first time it's kind of referenced however that's a very elaborate labyrinth say that five times fast elaborate labyrinth um (laughs) so that's kind of crazy because obviously at that point they existed like people were using them um there's also a coin that we know about that has been kind of circulating um and it's been used in a bunch of different um a bunch of different currencies but this coin um has like a very simple and i'll put this the um the uh the picture up it's a very simple looking maze it's kind of more squarish looking and it's very 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 old so we don't actually know who the first person was to to make a maze or write one yeah. down but we do know that it represents like spiritual spirituality well, and spiritual journeys because well, i'm
0: thinking that at least um your so your example is the oldest one that was just surviving that we can document mm-hmm. is the the Cretan one but it's not um that isn't it's because it's so elaborate there was there were probably lots of others we just haven't found them or they don't exist or they were much smaller and so they they we will never find them because yeah, they because got, they could
1: be they mm-hmm.
0: were yeah like they yeah. don't. Exist. Yeah. Who
1: knows? Yeah, yeah. They 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 don't have things written down. Obviously. So then the next one that we know about is um it's awesome because it's 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 Egyptian and we we end up in Egypt so much in this podcast because so much happened there, uh, and usually when you think about Egypt you think about the pyramids but I would actually um suggest that anybody who's really interested in history that you go and look at a timeline of Egypt because. It's not what you think it is. Um, like, for example, I think the pyramids were there long before Cleopatra was even um, a ruler in Egypt. Like like Egypt was, was was a thing for so, 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 so long. It's mm-hmm. not all over the span of like a hundred years. Like the pyramids came at a different time and they were being mm-hmm. built across dynasties of people. Um, so we do end up in Egypt a lot, but that's for good reason because it's actually a much longer Time time span than definitely than you would think it would be, um, so the next big big labyrinth is um, in Egypt in Herodotus. I think I'm pronouncing that right. He's a Greek traveler and writer. He visited the Egyptian labyrinth in the fifth century. Um, it was opposite of a city of crocodiles, which was called Crocodilopolis. A city of Crocodilopolis. crocodiles.
0: Apparently, what does that mean? I
1: guess it, I don't know. Like, were there
0: lots of crocodiles? I, I would guess crocodiles so. Crocodiles were running yeah. the city. <laughs> Uh, The second
1: they were running the city. (laughs) Um, He was very impressed. And he actually is on record quoting, I found it greater than words could tell for although the temple at um, Ephesus and that at Samos are celebrated works, um, yet all the works and buildings of the Greeks put together would certainly be inferior to this labyrinth as regards labor and expense. Which, I mean, the Egyptians are known for doing it up real crazy-like. Um,
0: so do they let people like go into this regular people, average people could just go in and solve it? No,
1: this one was more for protection and and being more secrecy. Oh, I see. You couldn't find your way, your way out. Um, so, yeah. So those are the, those are the big two, honestly, if you look at, you know, ancient labyrinths and ancient mazes, like those are the two big ones that are in, uh, marked in our history. Um, yeah. And like the earliest, like I was saying, the earliest examples, um, we have lots of symbols carved on rocks or on pottery, um, that go back to like Neolithic and bronze age. And then a lot of like, you know, once the Grecian story came out, of course, it's on all of their pottery and all of their stuff. Um, yeah. And then, the but it has the minotaur kind of stuff in it too. So that's probably not, but, um, they also used, so the Greeks during this time, you know, they had the big one, but they also used it as sort of like, um, oh my God, the name escaped me. The game where you draw a little thing and you hop, is it hopscotch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopscotch, little game. So mm-hmm. they, they used, they used to draw mazes instead of hopscotch. They would do little, not with, Chalk, like they didn't have like Crayola chalk. Right, and then but
0: you, then you had to like walk through it, right? Like mm-hmm. you played the game, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it,
1: it was like a little childhood game that you would just sort of walk through and try to find the end and try to find your little way out. Um So we've been doing these for a long time. Like it's it's a it's a puzzle. It's a, it's a children's puzzle that they've mm-hmm. been doing for a long time, which I thought was really 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 cool. Well, because if
0: we can go back and think about um humans being curious. But we wanna we wanna solve problems, but if we don't yet have like and I don't know how old these are, like maybe if our written language or our, you know, if mm-hmm. not everyone is um is um uh can read. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um Illiterate. What is that word? Literate <laughs> Oh my. If not everyone's literate, but you can solve a puzzle. You know, that's there's something really nice about mm-hmm. about the challenge kind of not being linguistic.
1: Yeah absolutely it's it's a mind thing um so then we we kind of time progresses and now we're in the medieval period so now the mazes i don't know you see like a lot of celtic kind of looking symbols and like medieval and we're all in that kind of time where a lot of the stuff is starting to look really looks like
0: westworld to me the westworld maze
1: yeah that um now they're starting to get real crazy with this because they are starting to develop the mazes and now it's reflecting the complexities of faith life and philosophy in the medieval mind so it's, religion comes in mm-hmm. at this point because you know the greeks were using it not not as religion but more as like a fable or like hey watch out you know go through the maze and it's complex and you save your life mm-hmm. and then the egyptians were using it as you know we're protecting our treasures and our you know the kings over 12 i think they said that maze was done over 12 dynasty or 12 um kings Um, that's insane yeah but the pyramids were the same way i mean not one king did the pyramids um so then in the medieval times now religion is into it so now mazes are representing a spiritual journey in which you're you sin and you go back and you repent and then you go this way and you go that way and then finally you find your way out after a long and winding path and they kind of just like a metaphor yeah Mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. but but a very literal metaphor um at that point because they they had them and they (laughs) kind of used them as games so they also were 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 in decorations and tapestries and, and things of that sort, um, kind of representing the mind, which I think is incredibly lovely and complex for, for so long ago. Um, cause I don't even think of mazes that way. Like when I think of a maze, I think of like a, a book, like a little activity book that I had mm-hmm. as a kid that I would draw
0: it through mm-hmm.
1: because, I, but I don't know, I guess I hate mazes. Like, what do you, what do you think when you think of a maze besides World?
0: I think of the little drawing when you're a kid, or the yeah. something that you go like a, a corn maze, or um. But you
1: haven't done a corn?
0: No, I haven't. I just know of them. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so it's it's so interesting to me that they they um use these um to represent that. So they were in manuscripts, um, colored marble tiles. Um, there was a really famous one at oh C H A R T R E S Chartres, Chartres Cathedral. Hmm. Um, where there's a labyrinth kind of in the floor and it's like a pilgrimage, like you can still go to it and kind of oh, walk, that's really cool. walk the labyrinth yeah, I'll put up pictures of that Um, you can kind of that's walk it
0: that's in France? You
1: said? No. ooh, I didn't write down the actual time oh, I just okay. went to the cathedral, it's some sort of cathedral I would assume it's in Europe somewhere Oh, we're terrible. No, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. So
0: I asked you a random question. (laughs) It's
1: like, oh, I didn't didn't write it down. Well,
0: just based on the word, Um, it sounded like it was a French word.
1: Yeah. So it was the early 13th century. So that was used. So I had never seen the connection between faith and mazes, but I don't, I'm not a big church person. It's not really in there. So if you are knowledgeable about that sort of thing, please write in and let us know if you've got experience in your faith and a maze. And somehow, I mean, I, I had a little bit of church upbringing, but apparently they are kind of big in, in a lot of religious manuscripts and, and texts. I don't know if you've seen them, but...
0: Maybe I, th- I mean, they're definitely metaphorical.
1: Yep, so that's... that's what- Be the yeah so now we come to pliny so pliny is a a little bit after the pyramids and after the greek stuff so he's actually kind of looking at them and i found it very interesting that he had an entire chapter about them
0: that's what i was gonna say is i wouldn't have thought to look in his work for Mm -hmm. this which is awesome well i
1: saw his name and i was like oh snap here we go so Mm -hmm. i went immediately and i I read the whole little (laughs) kind of book but um so he's actually he walks through um a bunch of mazes that existed at the time, of course, the big ones, the Greek the Greek one and the, um, the Egyptian one, but he says, um, oh, we must also speak of labyrinths, the most stupendous works, perhaps, on which mankind has expended its labors, and not for chimerical purposes, merely as might possibly be supposed, which I don't know what he means by that, but. Sure. he said there is still in egypt a labyrinth which was the first constructed three thousand six hundred years ago it was the production of 12 kings then daedalus took this for the model of the labyrinth which he constructed it in crate there can be no doubt though he only re- reproduced the hundredth part of it um so he's even referencing the two mazes that i've already said um he's mm-hmm. like yeah these are great um and now here's the quote that made me cry and i'm gonna read the whole thing because it's lovely from pliny mm-hmm. um uh, it is a long quote but i'm doing it anyway We must not, comparing this last to what we see delineated on our mosaic pavements, which he's referencing the mosaics that he sees already, Mm -hmm. or to the mazes formed in the fields for the amusement of children. Another really interesting one that he's calling out that kids are playing in these mazes already at this Mm -hmm. point in time. Suppose it to be a narrow promenade along which we may walk for many miles together. But we must picture to ourselves a building filled with numerous doors and galleries which continually mislead the visitor, bringing him back after all his wanderings to the spot from which he first set out. It's like super philosophical. That He's, is, yeah, he, definitely. I was like, oh my God, it's beautiful, the journey, and you just, it's all the journey and not the end. And I was like, Pliny is making me cry, <laughs> and I just watched the sad movie, and um so he
0: that's a great quote yeah yeah
1: what's interesting about that though i mean like i just said is that you know we have all of Pliny's works on record and he's he's saying yeah kids played in mazes. we have mosaics and stuff and i'm like dang that is so interesting how old that is and so you know, parents, when you take your kids to a cornfield base, like think about like that is not like it's a an old tradition. That you're yeah. you're talking very old in terms of tradition and what your kids are doing. And I just I love it when thing when when um I love it when rituals we have today are old enough that it's like really that old. You know, or that we can
0: start that we can feel a little bit more connected to people who when we think about old stuff, we're like, well, they, they were nothing like us. Yes. They didn't, they didn't have the problems that we have. But they the, still
1: went through mazes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's incredible.
0: Well, they had their own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so then we get into, um, royalty. So around this time, uh, we're well, not around this time, but you know, of all times, um, you know how like kings and, and like, a little bit i don't know the renaissance i guess the kings and stuff they they would hold these like lavish dinner parties and we always said that there was like a jester or whatever but did you know that they also would commission mazes to be built up in their courtyards i did not and that <laughs> sounds
0: like way more fun yeah. than a jester <laughs> although maybe if you have a good funny jester but yeah.
1: <laughs> so they had mazes set up um to entertain the guests before dinner like oh hey come out and try to find your way through the maze. I
0: mean, uh, unless they're going to have, like, live music, you know, yeah. a little quartet. I mean, I'm sure they like, did. You have to find ways of entertaining yourself, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? So mazes are really fun when do because it's, like, a group activity. Yeah. Um, you know, it's probably, I'm sure
1: they had, like, live music and stuff, but I would love to, if I had my time machine, after I visited, like, maybe 10 more other important places, if mm-hmm. I had, like, a permanent time machine... I think I would love to go back and see what that was like to be a part of the upper, upper wealthy class in those times. Cause they had these like lavish dinner parties that lasted like days and you would come and you would eat and feasts and, and dancing and the dresses and the mazes apparently and, and music and, and the jester. And it just sounds very, very grand, you know, um, we don't really do stuff like that. I mean, I guess we all get together and play board games, but we don't really like have like feasts or um, well because
0: we you know we're also not <laughs> paying for our feasts on the That's backs true. of all of the serfs that That's are true. working i was thinking that the, i uh, was like Ooh. for <laughs> the uh, monarchy so <laughs> it's perhaps for the best that yeah. we don't have that but i would do it i would still go back in time and, <laughs> and
1: get a get a pretty dress and um yep um so then it wasn't until around um the 1800s the late 1800s early 1900s um another huge use of mazes is in science um, the science appears.
0: Oh. Yes.
1: So hmm. scientists begin to say, okay, and it's so funny to me that this is after all the play. Like mazes were used as spiritual journeys, as um, tests, or as children's play before they were used in science and philosophical thought and to test rodents and, and insects, which I makes sense of course, but for some reason in my mind, I would have thought it was the other way around. So like somehow science, like mazes feel more science puzzly to me. Well,
0: science though, if you're thinking like the empirical science, I mean, it had, they first had to develop, like they had to learn a lot of stuff about, mm-hmm. you know, science was pretty rudimentary until like people like Newton, which really was in the, er uh, <laughs> Sometime in those fifteen, sixteen oh, hundred. So um, yeah, well, you don't have a history degree, so yeah. <laughs> I'll get a lot of crap for that. But um but Newton, you know, that was really when you could start to like think okay, okay, like a gravity as a concept. Mm-hmm. Okay, of speed and we can measure things as mm-hmm. a concept. And so until we weren't measuring things yeah, in an official or standard way before that. And we also didn't have like you think about like you learn the scientific method. Those are all things that happened in that scientific revolution, which is roughly like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen hundred. Mm-hmm. So before that, you science looks very different than what we think of it today. Mm-hmm. So they weren't testing lab animals before that's that. That's true. It's I like think the, I was that's thinking that's pretty new. You yeah. Know?
1: That part, yes, but I was think I was thinking like the Greeks and the philosophers, like they didn't they didn't associate mazes with intelligence at that point in time. They associated mazes with spirituality and fun. They didn't Got say you're see. more intelligent. If, I see. Because I couldn't draw a maze. Like if if you handed me a pen and a paper and you're like, hey, draw a really complex maze with two ways in. I would be like, <laughs> okay, give me a few hours. Like, I would have no mm-hmm. idea. So, I think they viewed it as, as like an art on like how how you even construct these sorts of mazes. Um, but they didn't think of it as like a, a like a like a intellectual or or. Um, scientific or philosophical thing you know i think that's a talent i'm putting that together and then going through it well i guess
0: to your point too i i am already surprised how much older mazes are than i thought they were mm-hmm. so like to your point okay yeah so if we old. think that mazes you know first maybe came around 1700s then it may make sense that they might go along with the science but they're mm-hmm. actually way older yeah. so but that's yeah that's a good that's a great point they're real old
1: um, so, yeah, it was around this time that, you know, scientists started saying, oh, we can use mazes to test insects and rodents for intelligence and learning. You know, OK, this path doesn't doesn't have a good path. This path does. Mm-hmm. This path has the cheese. This path doesn't. And now they are a common staple in science and um, learning and phil- philosophical stuff. That's that's how I think of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, 1970s is when paper mazes became popular and actually adults had them first. They were adult Activity books before they were kid activity books. Yep, adults. I mean, work. I guess
0: they just were just much more complicated. I suppose. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, the 1970s is when you started seeing them appear in like m- magazines and these mm-hmm. letters and things like that, where you could trace trace a maze with your pieces of paper. And then here is my um, my long tangent I'm about to go on because it's awesome. In the 1890s, and I bought it already on Amazon. There's an illustrator, Christopher Manson. He did this book. It's called Maze in capital letters. Maze. In
0: the 1890s he did this book? Yep.
1: No, 1980s.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: I actually texted my mom and I was like, do you know what this is? And she said she didn't. So we'll see. Um, so it's called Maze, colon, Solve the World's Most Challenging Puzzle. This guy, illustrator Christopher Manson, again, he illustrated this book. And I, I ordered it on Amazon as soon as I read it and it's not in yet. Um, but... On the left side is, like, a little, a short paragraph, and on the right side is he he drew as if you're in a maze in your first-person perspective, and then there's a couple of doors, and you have to figure out, based on the context clues and his stuff, where to go throughout the book. And it's, like, one of those, like, choose your own, like, each of the doors has, like, a page number on top, mm-hmm. and you have to get through the maze. That's He super offered cool. $10,000 in that time, so, gosh, maybe $50,000 or whatever nowadays, a prize to give into the person um, to solve the riddle because there were a couple of like sub riddles inside of the book as well. In this
0: book, yeah, okay.
1: Mm-hmm. It took two years for someone to solve it.
0: Two Dang, Olivia, have a, you
1: solved it already? No, I, I just ordered it on Amazon. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs>
0: It's only been like a week.
1: But seeing as how I um, cheated on Breath of the Wild (laughs) already (laughs) in my maze. Well, if
0: someone's figured it out, now you can surely Google it. But they didn't have Google, so.
1: Yeah, so... I was I went down a huge huge rabbit hole. With That's this because super cool. It's intense to me that this guy he has a ton of other puzzle books. Um, some of them are so old that like not so old. Some of them are so rare that they're like going for hundreds of dollars on eBay. Um, and I was like, oh, I can't get those. But Maze was so popular, it's a cheap buy on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really excited about to hear and learn about that. Um. Um, that book. So I looked it up. Um, it's a forty-five. It's only forty-five pages. Also, it's not like it's like this hundred-page huge, huge thing. Um, there's actually a lot of websites dedicated to solving it. Um, that there are like, I think it's been a hundred percent solved. I couldn't actually get that because there's so many um, so many things. So
0: but, when does yours arrive? I need to know.
1: Um, it arrives Monday. So cause okay. I ordered it Friday. Not That's very exciting. So Saturday, and then my leasing office is going to be closed. So. Um, so I probably won't get it until Monday, but I I am going to bring it to our next friend group gathering and be like, look at this book. I'm very excited. Behold. But I also would love it if you would ask your parents and just, I would love to know if any of our parents know about this book. It was 1980 and apparently it was a huge buzz. It was like a big deal because there's a huge prize and, um, everybody was trying to solve it and it was a book and you could, you could, I mean, I'm sure somebody we know that was either a teen or an adult in the 1980s knows about it you know, cause I was born 10 years later I was like, mom, surely you were, you were in your college years or whatever, writing, you know, doing maze puzzles. And she's like, never heard of it. I even sent a picture. I was like, have you seen this? <laughs> have you seen it? Um, yeah. So there's a whole website called That's into the so abyss.net cool. and it's a community devoted to visual puzzles, especially that one, but then a bunch of other ones. So again, we kind of see where I, I thought that, you know, mazes were like little kids things, but they're, they're not, people are like super into them. Um, it's more for like adults and spirituality. Um, and it was used, um, used to represent, faith and then early on it was used as like um a, a journey so that that's kind of mazes i have two fun facts um but that, that's it. kind of the main meat of, of i love labyrinths come from and i hate that i didn't have like it was cavemen they did it because i i do hate that in most of the research and i also did order um i ordered a maze book like no like the like history of mazes like i ordered like an actual full nonfiction book on I'm, it, so I'm so excited that you, you fast... leaned into this yeah this is like my I was like this is my topic like I want I did that I with the um
0: when we talked about mail I yeah. ordered a book about the post the postal service <laughs> I was like yeah yes. just leaning into that
1: like I mm-hmm. hate these but I I don't want to do them but I find them so fascinating like, that people can <laughs> create them and that people do them and that what they represent and it's almost like I don't want to get into, like, all my ancient alien theory type stuff, but, like, mazes are so complex, and they, they just kind of represent, like, a, a piece of the mind. And so, yeah, maybe next podcast I'll have more, more tidbits and, and be like, more maze facts after I've got my book in. Um,
0: or you can post them. of them Maybe, will. like, on the social media.
1: Everyone follow on Facebook if you want to hear Olivia's um, maze, Olivia's maze facts. trivia facts. Yep. You can hit unsubscribe. <laughs> <Okay>, will <laughs> Um, so even today, there is two. There's the most complex maze and the world's longest maze. Um, the most complex maze was created in the 1700s and is still standing today. It is in Italy. It's Whoa. Called, it's called Il Labirinto, which is probably Italian for the labyrinth. The labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the most complicated labyrinth in the world, um, located in the town of Stra, just outside Venice. Um, the huh. legend says that Napoleon got lost in it. Around 1807. What
0: a cool thing in Italy!
1: That's a legend. Yeah, we're going to Italy for our honeymoon, and I'm gonna ask if we can go to the maze. I'm so jealous. It' oh, would be really, like really cool. Can we please go to Venice so that I could go to
0: uh, to this random town so this, that I can go to this, this maze? One maze? Because by the way, I hate mazes, but I actually love mazes.
1: <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, right, if it's the world's <laughs> most complex maze, I will probably hate yeah, it. Yeah,
0: that's what you've been saying. Yeah. So. unless
1: it has like, I don't know, maybe it'd be a good like relationship test. Like, we can go through it together and see Er. if we're still a couple on the the other (laughs) side. (laughs) Yeah, traveling is good for that, too. Oh, God. Yeah, we haven't traveled alone yet, so this is going to be really interesting. That's a side note about my relationship is that I have not traveled alone with my fiancé out of the country yet. We have always been accompanied, not on purpose. That makes it sound like we have, like, a chaperone. We have a
0: chaperone. We've
1: always just gone with family and and, um, been around and, and stuff, so I haven't had, like, a romantic getaway trip with my significant other yet. Mm-hmm. And probably won't until Italy, yeah. Anyway, the okay. world's longest maze. So there's, I, I don't really know the difference between longest and complex. I
0: assume longest just means like. Like time it might whole, take yeah. or just like distance or I, I, I'm not sure. No,
1: I feel like those two things are kind of interchangeable depending on how bad you are at mazes. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, so this one's actually in the United States in Hawaii. It's called the Pineapple Garden Maze. Um, it is uh, a traditional English hedge. Apparently, there are types of um, mazes, but it's in the Guinness Book of World Records. Um, it's three miles of paths. Three miles—that is a long time to walk.
0: I mm, mean, if you—I mean, that's a nice little daily, like cause that's a nice stroll. If you take a three-mile walk, yeah, you can do it. Like three-mile walk in yeah, or even about an hour. Yeah, under. about an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a nice activity outside. Yeah, and it's just windy because you're hour, inside a mm-hmm. maze.
1: Okay. Yeah, but it's planted with 14,000 colorful Hawaiian plants, including a bunch of all these other ones. It's located in Wahiawa, Hawaii, at the Dole Plantation. So it's like a mm-hmm. Dole thing. Um, like bananas. Yeah. hmm The company. Mm-hmm. So that's mazes to puzzle. Not really. I was expecting mazes to be much more puzzly. No. Like I wanted them to be more like the puzzle books that you get. Like you're sitting with a family and you get an activity book and it's got a maze well, in Well, yeah, it. but
0: you know, we know about those. Mm-hmm. Like I think what you talked about was much more interesting and things that we don't know about. I would also like to point out, um, I did not mention when you asked me what do I think about with mazes, but um, the maze in The Shining, which is not in the book. So, you know, oh. if you've ever seen Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, there's that really... Yes. Intense maze, and it's like there's a the little miniature version of it inside the hotel, and it's That's the actual right. version is outside the hotel, and that is not in the book. Um, I did not know that, because I have not read the book. Rumor so. has it that there's a lot of lore around it. That like Cooper really wanted to have it in there, and so it's like, you know, and it, and it has, and it, um, alert, alert on The Shining, <laughs> uh, the movie, which does not end the same as the book, um, but that Jack ends up dying in the maze because he can't find. Mm danny and they're running around at the end and it's like you know he just freezes to death which is very anticlimactic and um not very satisfying but um but the maze is is like kind of this thing that just looms over them the whole time you know Uh. it could be sort of representational of you know madness Mm -hmm. and his mind and getting getting lost in in the in his madness in his mind
1: yeah that's, like, the it's my favorite great. thing about mazes, I think, that I discovered in labyrinths is that they represent a mind mm-hmm. or a journey.
0: And a mind and a journey. That's yeah. great. And we
1: didn't even mention David uh, Bowie's Yeah, which is, I
0: think, labyrinth. why I think about, which I've never seen, by the way.
1: Oh, my goodness. But I
0: think why I have this concept of, like, a labyrinth is like, a creepy below ground. Um, although it also makes me uh. think of um, Phantom of the Opera, his uh. labyrinth as well, which is down, like, the, the water...
1: Yeah. Ways
0: underneath the French opera and Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Best, so.
1: But in all of those examples, I would say in Harry Potter and Labyrinth, which you haven't seen, which you really need, <laughs> and Phantom of the Opera. Sorry, everyone. Mazes in all of those represent a troubled journey. You mm-hmm. know, in Labyrinth, which you like seriously. <laughs> what are you doing in Labyrinth Jennifer Connolly. um I don't, I don't know her character's name I'm sorry everybody that's okay um Jennifer Connolly, you know she is a, a frustrated teen with her little baby brother and she's like I hate you kind of thing and then her baby brother gets taken by this goblin king don't ask why it's just the movie it's, it's awesome I've seen the beginning oh, like okay. I've seen
0: that I know the kind of the setup I, I just haven't watched the yeah. whole thing mm-hmm. but
1: it it represents her troubled journey through understanding that she needs to be more adult and her weird attraction to this goblin... Not really attraction, but her weird connection to this goblin king and does she go with fantasy or does she go with her baby brother? And then you've got *Fame of the Opera, Mm. which is the same thing. You know, his mind... His Mm. represents Mm -hmm. this troubled mind on I'm so ugly but I'm talented and this woman and she'll da-da-da. And and then Harry Potter, as I'm spoiling right now because you all should have seen it, but his (laughs) trouble... um, and navigating i guess his relationships and are you
0: talking about that cuz there's 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 the maze in the fourth one when they're in the target. I'm talking of about tournament. the Goblet of fire yeah okay cuz in, in, in the um in sorcerer's stone they have to solve that series of puzzles to get to the end of the, to get oh, to the um, yeah
1: i wouldn't consider that the maze that i'm thinking of Okay. Though, like with the winding paths well, and stuff well it's to me
0: it's a series of yeah. riddles and puzzles that they have to solve so. yeah yeah
1: i'm thinking more Somewhere. of the actual hut the, the hedge, physical maze the physical yeah. maze that they have to go through um and it's like harry's final task is to get through this and, and it's a
0: series of challenges of all the things he's yeah. been studying and
1: friend versus foe. And then finally the, the last battle with Voldemort, um, and the complexity of dealing with people and like believing him and yeah. his
0: parents. Well, and his whole story is though Al It's yeah, it just fits right in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yay journey. mazes. Mazes. That's great. Um, right. puzzles, jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> Are satisfyingly concrete <laughs> in their origin.
1: Well, I feel like we haven't had a good, concrete like <sighs> this is where it originated uh-huh. yet in a while, at least.
0: So thank you for taking me through my first paragraph because <laughs> that this was this was a li- lowly assessment of puzzles in the sort of disambiguation, but I didn't want to not, not acknowledge it at all. Mm-hmm. So you did a fantastic job um, of of covering that. There is a really good timeline of many types of puzzles and you might have even even seen it in your research on um, Siammanlay.com. but I'll post a link to it mm. for the um, for our website because it was a cool sort of timeline of like, different like different types of puzzles, everything from the Cretin one that you mentioned all the way to mm-hmm. the Rubik's cube, which is, mm. which is, which is fun to have that history. So jigsaw puzzles have a very specific origin and that is map makers. So the first puzzles were truly paintings of ge- geography. Cool. And they would cut them up, and then it was for learning geography.
1: Really?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so fascinating. In 1760s. Mm-hmm, um, so map makers started painting the, uh, these maps on rectangles of wood, like thin mm-hmm. pieces of wood. And John Spilsbury. Is considered, he's credited with the invention of the the, the puzzle.
1: Oh my gosh. Um
0: It wasn't, even though I say jigsaw puzzle, I mean that in the sense that I don't mean what you mean about like a maze. I mean a puzzle like we think of it today with the little pieces. Yeah. <laughs> but they were not jigsawed like that Mm -hmm. the first ones were honestly because we didn't have like the the saw technology either the first ones were all along the lines of the territories so if you think about okay this this guy is British so he's drawing like a map of the world gonna be very um, um, British Empire centric it's gonna have all the different territories and they're actually cut out in the shapes of the territories probably really poorly (laughs) Um, and then that was what you could um you could put back together and learn for purposes of learning your geography.
1: What? Mm-hmm. I mean, so. like, a, uh, I want one now. Yeah. I, just, I want, like, an old geography <laughs> there puzzle. Are,
0: so there are apparently ones, even when they develop a little further, where you can see where they were hand cut, and they'll have, like, they'll, you can, I mean, they're rare and expensive, but you can find around the back, they would still have, like, the lines where someone drew where it was going to be cut, which wow. is super cool. Mm-hmm. So they were made with wood, and they were cut along the lines of territories, um, and they were called dissections. So this is oh what my. they were. Um, this is what they were called, and so it was not not as like kind of an awkward name. Um, and then around 1880, the treedle saw began to be used to cut the shapes. And I had to look up what this was because it also said although they were cut with a fret saw, not a jigsaw. And I was like, wait, you said treedle saw? <laughs> so is it a treedle saw or a fret saw? Apparently, treedle just means that's. Um, of, with your foot, like a, mm. like a foot crank mm-hmm. thing, um, which the last topic I did was um, typewriters, and typewriters also started with a foot crank yeah. thing. <laughs> it's a theme. Uh, anyway, um, so that, that when they started to be able to use different types of saws, they started to be able to make the pieces um, a little more complex and closer to what we might think of today. And uh, it's important to note, though, that these puzzles so puzzles kind of come into their own in like these late the 1880s and late as i'll talk about their heyday was really the 1920s and 1930s Mm -hmm. but some but during this time puzzles were often not the jigsaw variety and they were actually cut on the lines of the colors breaking so say you have an image and there's um like a roof and it's brown and it's next to a sky which is blue well on a regular puzzle you'd be able to say okay i need to find that piece where it's like the brown and a little bit of blue but there was not so it would just be like a cut clean cut line of that roof oh. so it'd be a lot harder to match the pieces um and so it says uh there were no transition pieces with two colors to signal for example the brown of a roof and the blue of the sky a sneeze or a careless move could undo an evening's work because the pieces (laughs) did not interlock right so that was the thing if you can imagine that they're just right up against each other they're not going to be fitting nicely together so you could just like you know like your cat jumps up on there and They've ruined the puzzle, right? Um, your cat?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, like your example. <laughs> no, you're right. Cats are... Yeah, like cats they jump do. up
0: and then they, your puzzle's ruined. Yeah. So imagine your pieces not even putting together. Um, and then also making them even more difficult, um, apparently children's puzzles would sometimes have pictures, but adult ones wouldn't. So you didn't have like a guide what? of what you were trying to make, <laughs> which basically seems like why even do it at that point? I
1: mean, you're really bored. This not is like way satisfying. before...
0: Yeah. Good books and
1: video games and, yes. and things. Your right. candle only goes so far. Be- maybe
0: even electricity. Do.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, my. So if the title was vague or misleading, the subject could remain mysterious <laughs> while you were working on this puzzle. All right, so we have the 1880s, 1890s. They start to have more jigsawish. ish um, In uh, uh, the early 1900s, early 20th century, they started making them... Um, out of cardboard. So in the late 1800s, like I mentioned, they introduced them um, for children mm-hmm. in cardboard, but they kept the wooden ones for adults. There was, like, the perception that adults wanted, like, a fancier, nicer thing, um, but it also meant that it ended up being pretty expensive.
1: Yeah.
0: So actually, um, puzzles became... More and more popular, and then once they started making them out of um, cardboard, they could sell them for a little more b- – better of a price. Yeah. So they were popular into the 20th century. And actually, in 1909, the company Parker Brothers' um, puzzles were getting so popular that they stopped making games – and devoted its entire factory what? to puzzle production. That's so in funny. In 1909. So like they would eventually obviously go back to also making games too, but there was a period in time when it was people were loving these puzzles that they just yeah. said, all right, we're going to just lean into puzzles for a while. Yeah. So this is definitely when the company Pastimes introduced the interlocking pieces early 1900s, making go. puzzles much less precarious and arguably providing a satisfying set of clues. Um, and so that was when they started to get become so successful that they were they were more they were more affordable and they became really popular and they were not frustrating because you would <laughs> mess up everything entirely you yeah by having them.
1: Um we we do uh, have that theme running in our um podcast with um we did the same thing with the Christmas lights where They're cool, and we have them. However, the common person can't have them yet because they're too expensive. So you have to find a way to make them accessible for everybody else Mm -hmm. before it will catch on. So if that means changing the material or... You know, the,
0: the maybe including a gets, picture on the box, yeah. like <laughs> so that you know we can all know what we're making.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like the key is like mass marketing. The key to mass marketing is not just making more of, but also like affording more mm-hmm. of and, and making it you mm-hmm. know, such an interesting kind of
0: running it's, theme throughout. It's so interesting. So they did that, but what's also even more interesting is that it became a marketing tool as well. And there was a company, Einson Freeman. In the 30s, and they began marketing their toothpaste with like, you bought toothpaste and you got a free puzzle. What? Wait, what? Uh huh. <laughs> that is insane. I want my toothpaste to come with a puzzle. And this was in like the early age of marketing as well. So there wasn't, um, you know, it, they were still trying to figure out what people would buy into. And I also feel oh like, gosh. also, I, I feel like people were not yet savvy to. I don't want to buy that because it's got, like, their brand all over it. No, this was, like, a puzzle with, like, a picture of the toothpaste, of, yeah. right? So <laughs> they're like, I'm going to do that puzzle. And so it was really advantageous for marketers because they had people staring at their logo or staring at an image oh of gosh. someone using their product so for, like, hours um, on, the, on the nightly. So um, incredible! that was a really strategic move. Um, so the other thing that would happen is um, – Obviously, I mentioned that the 20s and 30s were the heyday of puzzles. Well, notably, the 30s were was the Great Depression. Um, but puzzles were a very popular form of entertainment during this time, mm-hmm. like despite the Depression, because they were remotely affordable, but they were also reusable. So yeah. it was like you could do a puzzle, finish it, and then maybe start it all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also kind of a satisfying way to – solve something when it was maybe (laughs) pretty bleak um and it was also something you could do in a group um so there were a lot of reasons that people would would um continue to use puzzles during the great depression Um, that's
1: that's super true yeah yeah. all those reasons we were just talking um, before this podcast we were all brainstorming we have a huge friend group and we were wondering what, what things we could do and why don't we just do a big? Pu- I'm I'm teasing. <laughs> we should just get like a three thousand piece puzzle. I love puzzles. Everybody just actually, bring over some snacks. We turn
0: something on and we. Uh, I don't know that do we could puzzle. do that in one night though.
1: Three thousand pieces,
0: ten people. There's only so much room around a table, and then you have ten sets of eyes, but you you can't strategize. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
1: I feel like we should run this experiment. I don't know if that would work. If you have done a puzzle with...
0: With 10 people. With that's 3,000 pieces. Yeah. Well, do let us know. I just you know. made
1: up that number. I think puzzles are usually in 1,000 and 2,000 They're usually 1,000. Yeah.
0: yeah. hmm mm-hmm. I like puzzles, though.
1: I do, too. Kind of.
0: Yeah. Well, I actually think I'm, I'm fairly slow at them, but they're satisfying to me, so... Yeah.
1: I like them, but I, I prefer to go at, like, my own little pace and my own little strategy, and Adrian's, mm-hmm. like, super-duper into them. hmm And, like well he's competitive with everything and somehow puzzles as well
0: sucking the fun out of it Um, i know i don't know what it is with me
1: and like mazes and puzzles and things like that i'm like i know what i'm doing and it is kind of soothing at some point but then also like i don't know i'd rather be reading i guess yeah
0: well that's fair you get to do you but it was considered a pretty um you know when people at a time when it was the you know great depression people weren't necessarily having they didn't have enough budget for like Going out or going to a nightclub or a restaurant mm-hmm. like they might normally, you know, form entertainment. So you have a puzzle. in. so it that was really truly the heyday. Um, also noted that many unemployed architects, carpenters, and other skilled craftsmen began to cut jigsaw puzzles in home workshops and they could sell them or rent them locally. So that was a really cool way to
1: mm-hmm. be tapping yeah. into that
0: market. And then... Um, in the '30s as well, the price for puzzles, uh, a lot of circulating libraries or even drugstores would rent them out to you. So, rent them, mm-hmm, almost like a book on tape or a book, like Can a library. you imagine book.
1: the missing pieces? Rent.
0: I don't even know how they they have. Ha- people just possibly? have to be fine with like missing a piece. That would be so frustrating. Oh
1: my gosh, renting.
0: Yep, yep. and then also in the '30s, another popular thing was the weekly jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> And what? this was a die cut jig of the week retailing for 25 cents and it would appear on newsstands. So you could literally go on whatever day of the week and get your, this says Wednesdays, but um, you'd go and you'd get your jigsaw puzzle and then people would rush to buy them and would be the first among, the, wanted to what? be the first among their friends to solve them. And so there were dozens of different series and you could like compete with your friend. Like, hey, did you pick up your copy? Are of- you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be so fun? What kind of, what? Where? Well, think of a world pre-cell phone. Like, we do that now. We have, like, internet uh, games that we play with each other, and we can just, you know, um, like, um, words with friends, you know, and just, like,
1: I oh, know. Play. play I don't know. I think Scrabble. there's a market here. I think there's a market to bring that back, because I do think people, we're starting to revert to where we want quality, tangible. You know, we're seeing print dying, and a lot of us are getting sad about it, and so we're trying to do do things about it, and I just feel like I could start, like, a puzzle subscription service locally where you mm-hmm. could go pick one up next to your newsstand and have people, like like, Instagram would they know. keep it would they send
0: it back like what do you think I
1: don't know we need to work through these things I think well, like this is like a huge you open could
0: potentially call it the bee witching weekly B dash <gasps> witching or jiggers weekly jiggers or weekly or picture puzzle weekly
1: I liked jig of the week that was my and then people you have to do a jig like the dance version (laughs) when you pick it up as well oh my gosh that's what i want i would run to a newsstand and grab my newspaper and grab my puzzle and do it over my morning coffee and then start my work and maybe it's like a little brain teaser type thing sure
0: national geographic has um a lot of places have online puzzles where you can do like you can solve a puzzle digitally but it's not the same thing
1: i feel like it's just like a I just want, I want an experience. Atlanta, like, tactile, yeah, like, running really to cool. grab my puzzle. And well, work
0: on the idea. I'm going
1: to, everyone. So when you hear about it five years from now, it's, like, super popular. started here. It started
0: here. <laughs> it started here. Ugh, but I that's actually it. a really good point that you bring up because um, there has been, over the years since their heyday, they've remained popular, but there have also been sort of, like um, – manufacturers who have sought to make higher quality puzzles so if you think about the carbo ones like they still there are still people who've tried over the years to produce um like the wooden ones that mm-hmm. are like much more nicer and hopefully to um target an upscale audience but i mean obviously have you done a wooden puzzle well, i've not done a wooden puzzle i like, mean i'm not the audience for kids, that kids
1: so. kids ones i've done and when I'm playing, oh, that's true. Playing yeah, because like nieces they, and nephews—they're yeah. like, huge pieces,
0: and they yeah, fit but they're like ten-piece puzzles. Yes.
1: They're like little cows, and yeah, and that's because the kids would destroy <laughs> yes. the
0: cardboard puzzles. So yes, yeah, um, but yeah, that so that's uh, the the other thing that's evolved late. You know, lately is um, by lately I mean the last <laughs> 30, 40 years is things like three D puzzles or really tough yeah. puzzles that are um, like all one color. You know, and they'll have like the tone, and you do like yeah. the white puzzle.
1: My sister has an MC Escher puzzle, mm. which she loves. Puzzles has she solved it. Uh, no, she tried at one point and got and she, she loves them. She'll set them up on like her coffee table and just like work at them for like weeks. But is
0: the MC Escher? Is it? Is it a
1: it's the stairway? It's the stairway, but is
0: one. it 2D or is it 3D?
1: It's a 2D, but okay. um, it's the stairways and it's in black and white because oh, it
0: can't exist in 3D, yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Oh,
1: but man. it's in black and
0: white. Mm-hmm.
1: and it's all this it's got this like crunchy texture on it it's like impossible like how on earth would you
0: well i tried to do a 3d puzzle once and it was the worst thing i've ever done <laughs> so i don't recommend
1: that. yeah i have a globe that's a 3d mm-hmm. where you make the globe but mm-hmm. it's hard because you have to like it's another different type of physical touch you're having to like stabilize it as well
0: yeah that's why i could yeah. never solve mine it yeah. was really way too hard mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and, and it's important to note that maps are still used or excuse me, puzzles are still used for learning maps and learning geography, which is which was their origin. God,
1: that's smart. So it's probably a good way for me to learn my state capitals. We referenced mm-hmm. that in a previous episode, if you um are caught up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um yeah, I can see how that's like an incredible way to learn by putting the pieces Spacially, together. Spatially, exactly. It's yes. a good way to learn
0: to learn God, spatially. So it's incredible. Yeah, it's a pretty simple quick origin. And that's why I was I was really excited. So yeah. thanks, Dad, for the recommendation. Wow.
1: Yeah. Um that is so interesting. And I love how concrete and I love how I, I again thought that ours are gonna be flip-flop. Like I thought that mazes were gonna be the simple, you just trace it, and that puzzles were gonna be this like enigmatic, like like paintings put together you the meaning and the <laughs> yeah. blah, but it turned out.
0: Um, well and they did. I should talk about that. So some of the early ones on wood were painted, but then a lot of later ones mm. they were just glued on. Like the image yeah. was just glued onto the wood. So and then eventually with print obviously with printing technology in the twentieth century, we got to a point where we could like print it on the cardboard and then like there's a laser cut, you know, to it used to be like an old stamp, but now it's actually like a laser cut that can put in the yeah. um the shape they're of all the wonky easy, you know? pieces. Yeah, I
1: mm-hmm. think for our guest book, we're gonna have a puzzle. Everybody's just gonna write on a piece. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, and then we'll put it together at home. And then as we put it together, we'll be able to read everybody's whatevers. And I think it's gonna be like a cactus or something because we're having a Mexican theme. Oh, wedding.
0: I'm gonna need to know more about that because I can't visualize what I would write on what I write on the piece. So they're gonna, it's gonna be already together. Or it's they're not like, together because
1: there's about two two hundred people, so it'll be like a big big puzzle piece. Okay, and I think we do one per person. I guess per couple too. If, if I don't know whoever wanted, but we'll have an, so there'll be big pieces, and then we'll have it special cut into whatever shape. Oh, it'll and be then, cut after. No, it'll be cut. No, you'll probably reach into a bucket and grab whatever piece catches your eye, and then later we'll post a picture, and uh, then you can see where, you, where okay. your piece actually. Oh, fell. I'm interested on in that. That's really cactus. cool. So I'm assuming something simple. I say cactus, but I'm, we haven't actually talked about it yet um so like if you find a green piece obviously you're going to be the kind of actual then like and then like pink you'd be like a flower or like Mm -hmm. um red you'd be like the um the little clay pot so you'd write like your note on the color that's really cute and then we'd have a little yeah that was adrian's idea that he had standing in line for jenny's ice cream in atlanta i was like what are we gonna do for our guest book are we gonna what are we gonna do
0: and he just said puzzle yeah he's
1: like we'll we'll do a puzzle we'll we'll go him We'll of people uh, figure it out or maybe you could put it together there and it's got like Velcro or something you can like I, I don't know I don't know yet yeah, well, we need help puzzling that out but uh okay but yeah yay puzzles yay, yay puzzles mazes. Yay, mazes. yay things maybe soon we'll do crosswords and word searches and more word related puzzly yeah. type things um yeah that was a good one I enjoyed that thanks
0: guys this episode was recorded in Atlanta Georgia by Johnny Steps
1: follow us online at theOriginsofpodcast dot or follow our Instagram at the Origins of Podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the of Podcast.